You're listening to Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly on Bloomberg Radio. I just want my love automatic. If artificial love makes sense. All right. Well, as we move along here on a Friday afternoon, very cool conversation right now about AI. We talk about its applications all the time. We We've got someone who can tell us in detail about that. David Cox is the director, <clears throat> excuse me, of the I MIT IBM Watson AI Lab for IBM Research. He joins us on the phone from Cambridge, Massachusetts. David, great to have you with Carol and myself. Great. Thanks for having me. So I got a chance to see some of your technology, I believe, in action uh, at the U.S. Open um, and sort of yeah. so cool sort of what's underneath everything that's going on. Sports obviously is one manifestation of this, but you've got some really cool new things where you are applying AI. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so we, we founded a joint lab in 20, uh, we announced in late 2017 that we'll be founding a joint lab together with MIT and IBM's investing uh, close to a quarter billion dollars for that lab. And we're really asking, how do you advance uh, advance AI, move the needle, make AI broadly applicable to every problem that enterprises face? So that means understanding more with less data and being able to have less biased AI results, more trusted results, uh, safer results, being able to um, you know understand cause and effect. So we have a broad portfolio of activities that are we're hoping going to touch every every corner of every enterprise. Well, so talk to us. When you guys have new partners, uh, I think you welcomed Boston Scientific, uh, Refinitiv, Samsung, uh, right? Um, you do what with them? Tell me about kind of the collaborations that go on. Yeah, so uh, we were very pleased this week to announce that we're opening up our collaboration with MIT to outside parties. So we mm -hmm. announced a member program uh, whereby outside companies can uh, co-invest with us in the lab and therefore then benefit from the fruits of, of really cutting-edge AI. Uh, and one of the interesting things we find, actually, is as disparate as the different industries that have joined as our inaugural members are, we have um, we have uh, ACS Group, which is the largest construction company in the world, uh, joined the lab. Boston Scientific, a medical devices company. Uh, Samsung, a um, you know a mm -hmm. uh, consumer electronics company, and Refinitiv, a, a financial information company. Uh, as different as those industries are, and as different as those geographies they are in, are many of the problems that enterprises face are actually quite uh, in common. Uh, so we're we're looking at how we can build foundational technologies uh, to to help them do their business uh, more efficiently, to identify new opportunities, and it's been really fun to get them together and really brainstorm about. What do they need AI to be able to do to really drive value? Is there a data share at all that goes on between these companies uh, in terms of maybe concerns, problems? Uh, I'm just curious. Yeah, so uh, absolutely, there's a sharing of information. Uh, one of the we just had our, our advisory board meeting, and it was really exciting to see everyone share their common concerns. Uh, you know, different kinds of issues they're facing that that in many cases are in common, uh, and then in some cases uh, with respect to data. Um, you know, the companies also are, are sharing data with us and in some cases also sharing data across to MIT so that we can, uh, you know, really apply, uh, you know, new kinds of AI to their data. And so, Dave, what's been the biggest surprise in terms of as you've seen the, the real manifestations of this, how different companies are using it or things that maybe pop up in the labs serendipitously that you didn't necessarily anticipate could be used where AI could be used? 
Yeah, I, I think I think really the thing that's um, you know surprising is just how much every part of the enterprise is really uh, amenable to AI. And in particular, uh, you know, there obviously are the things you see every day, you know, that you see in consumer products that are kind of right in front of you. Uh, but there's an awful lot of, um, you know, I would just say, you know, not that sexy stuff behind the scenes where there are tremendous opportunities for AI to drive efficiency, uh, to make uh, make workers more effective. Um, but one of the challenges there is actually that as much as AI is going to transform every corner of the enterprise, one of the, the things that's interesting that's emerging is that's as much uh, a people transformation as is a technology transformation. So people are increasingly having to change how they work, they change their workflows to accommodate AI. And therefore, what we're seeing is a very important theme is the, uh, this notion of AI explainability, having AI that not only gets the right answer or, or helps you achieve some goal, but that lets you know why it made that decision so you can trust it uh, and and really embrace it into the workflow. We just want to mention a headline crossing the Bloomberg Post Holdings filing uh, an IPO for its active nutrition unit. So we've seen a lot of IPO activity this year, and it, it obviously continues despite it being uh, a week full of news and certainly uh, some investor concerns over that news. Um, David, one thing I, I am curious, AI, the work that you're doing, the conversations that you're having with your partners in these companies, what would surprise people about um, kind of where AI is going. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think really the the pervasiveness of, of AI again is, is going to be the thing that's going to be surprising in the future. And one thing that I, w- I will say in particular about that is, as much as people today talk about big data and that's kind of the buzzword, I think uh, you know, and our and our research is increasingly bearing this out that small data is actually where a lot of the biggest opportunities lie. So today's AI methods really thrive on having huge amounts of data and huge amounts of uh, careful curation of that data and labeling of that data. Um, But when you look carefully at the places where AI could really be helpful, many of those are actually small data problems. Uh, So we're very excited about lowering the threshold of how much data you need to really make AI work for you. All right, we're going to leave it there. David Cox, director of the MIT IBM Watson AI Lab. It's a project led by IBM Research. He joined us on the phone from Cambridge, Massachusetts. All right, so as Carol mentioned just a few minutes ago, we've been talking a lot about this lately. It's a really important topic, not Mm -hmm. just what we buy, but how it's made and who's making it. Yep. Seems more and more important. Well, it's at the core of what Jessica Honiger is doing. She's the founder and CEO of Noonday Style. She's based down in the great city of Austin, Texas, but she's here with us in New York City today. So tell us about what Noonday Style is is uh, because you have brought together a huge number of artisans for this. Yeah, so Noonday Collection is a socially conscious fashion brand, and we work with artisans in vulnerable communities around the world in about 14 different countries, and then we create a marketplace for their handmade goods through a network of social entrepreneurs here in America that we call Noonday Collection Ambassadors. So ambassadors here are earning an income while making an impact, and then we come alongside these artisan businesses and help them to scale and grow and become their own successful entrepreneurs. Tell me about that scale, because I'm Jessica, I'm always interested about these stories, right? Because some folks, you know, they, they obviously create incredible products, but it's, how do you take it to the next step? So tell me, you know, give us a success story. Yeah. So 
So my first artisans that I partnered with were named Jalia and Daniel, and they were the first in their family to graduate from university. They were extremely talented, but extremely poor, and they just needed access to the marketplace. Where were they from? Uganda. Okay. Kampala, Uganda. So I began to partner with them and sell some of their items, and now, 10 years later, they have 100 full-time employees and 200 contract workers. They would definitely be voted best place to work in Uganda. They've been able to create social programs, and they are owning they own a thriving business now. Well, tell us about the social programs because you know, as Jason mentioned, you know, we've been talking. We talked with the author of Fashionopolis about you know, kind of fast fashion, uh, kind of sign really the downside of it in terms of workers who are not getting you know paid well and so on and so forth. There's some you know consequences that maybe everybody doesn't realize as a result of it. But tell us a little bit about the social programs that some of these artisans are creating for their workers. I'm just curious about the give back. Yeah, so it all depends on the local context and what is impacting that community. So for instance, in Uganda, school is still really expensive and the public school options aren't, are cost money and are not a very good option. So they've been able to start scholarship programs for their artisans as well as daycare. Or in a place like India where domestic violence is still a huge issue. Um, I was just in India a couple months ago attending a domestic violence training with women who were learning self-defense. And it was all being run by one of our artisan partners. And so how do you sort of select, how do you find people on on either side of the equation, I guess, both on the ambassador side and on the artisan side? On the ambassador side, Bloomberg Radio, here I am. There you go. Maybe someone listening right now. I love you guys. Yeah. I've been listening to y'all for years. <laughs> how do you how do people get involved? Well, you can go to our website and hit noondaycollection.com. And if you're interested in becoming a Noonday ambassador, we will connect immediately with you. And then on the artisan side, it's been fairly organic. I've met artisans while traveling. I used to live in Guatemala. So I've gone to marketplaces and I've met women who just needed access to a marketplace. Um, Jolly and Daniel, it was a connection through a friend. We're also part of the Fair Trade Federation mm-hmm. and we've been able to connect with them. And then quite frankly, because we are the largest accessories, fair trade accessories brand in the world, now people reach out and contact us. Well, I was just curious about kind of bigger name retailers, whether or not there's some kind of collaborations coming in the future, because we are increasingly seeing companies who who are also concerned about where their goods are coming from and and thinking about their consumers who care about that. So I'm curious if that's part of kind of the business plan. Well, to be honest, our business plan is to continue to recruit more New Day Collection ambassadors because they are our retailers. And that's one of the reasons I believe that we've been able to scale so quickly because we've created these super fans and these women who are able to now be connected to a purpose. And they're now able to start their own businesses. And it truly is a stakeholder model where we have linked our prosperity to one another. Right. Only about 30 seconds left, but I have to think just the social media and the internet in general is a game changer for you in terms of just connectivity and being able to scale this really fast. Absolutely. We ha- we love Insta stories. We love, and now you can find artisans even on Instagram. It's, right. it's amazing. I love it. Uh, I, I know when I first heard about it, I was just kind of checking out your website. So I highly recommend that everybody go to noondaycollection.com. Uh, Jessica, thank you so much. Uh, Jessica Henniger is uh, founder and chief executive officer of Noonday Style. Did I say it correctly? Noonday Collection. Noonday Collection, uh, based in Austin, Texas, in our Bloomberg uh, Interactive Studio on this Friday. Cool stuff. And just in time for the holidays.